0: Hey there, welcome back to the Spad Prep Academy podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I am your special education mentor, coach, and go-to person for all things dealing with special education. This is episode 109, and I didn't get to record it last week because I was sick, but this week's episode is in honor of a big birthday I just had. Last week, I turned 50, the big 5-0, and you know what? It didn't bother me near as much as I thought it would. When I was 25, I thought 50 sounded so old. I thought my parents were old at 50. But if I'm honest, I wouldn't go back for anything. I wouldn't go back to 25 or 30 or 35. I am happy where I'm at. And although my feet hurt and I ache all the time, I feel pretty dang good. I like the knowledge I have now. I like being able to say that I'm an expert in a field that I love. I'm appreciative of the growing pains I went through early on and throughout my career that made me who I am and provided me with the experience I have to be able to share it with you. And I see that wisdom and knowledge as a blessing, so I'm not but butthurt about turning 50. And this past week has given me the opportunity to reflect on life take inventory of where I've been and what I've done, and I want to use this opportunity to share with you the 50 tips I've learned as a special education teacher that you can use to apply to your own life and your own career. Now, before I begin, I want you to know that I'm not just pulling these out of thin air. I truly believe in every single one of these, and they come from years of experience, trial and error, observations of others, mistakes I've made, successes I've had, and tears I've cried. I stand behind every one of them and I practice what I preach. So here we go. I'm going to go through these really quickly with very little explanation. Number one is flexibility. If you aren't flexible in this job, you aren't going to survive in this field for very long. Quit getting your panties in a wad when things don't go your way. Number two, organization. Somehow, some way, you have to get yourself organized. Number three, Don't take on too many commitments. In fact, if you're in your first through fifth year, you really don't want to take on anything extra at all. I get asked all the time, how do you do it all? Well, when I was a brand new teacher, I didn't do it all. I didn't volunteer for extra committees. I didn't stay after school for any um, extracurricular stuff. I didn't head up any teams or anything. I just did my job. Number four, laugh or you're going to cry. I say this one a lot. This job can be pretty funny if you if you let it be, or it can be pretty overwhelming if you let it be. So my motto has always just been laugh so you don't cry. Number five, work smart. Set a timer and get stuff done. You would be amazed what a person can accomplish in 15 to 30 minutes when they set a timer and put their head down and just get busy. Number six, your kids don't care how cute something is. They don't care if your assignment is Pinterest pretty. They just want to learn. And you your goal is just to get them to learn. So you don't have to make sure that all of your teaching supplies and your classroom are cute. Number 7, be a lifelong learner. Always be willing and open to learning new things. Number 8, acknowledge that you can't change your students' home life. Some of your kids may have really crappy lives that are going on outside of those of those four walls of your classroom. And you can't take that home with you. When you try to do that, all you're doing is affecting your own family's home life. So try to leave that at school as much as possible. Number nine, be an active listener. Don't just pretend that you're listening to a child. You really want to give them your full attention so that they know that you care in what they have to say. Number 10, start each day with new eyes. If you had a a student who had a meltdown yesterday, you're going to start today off on a brand new foot. You're not going to hold what happened yesterday against that child. Give them a fresh start. The emotions that they're having, the behaviors that they're exhibiting is is just in the past. You just start each day fresh. Number 11, build good relationships with parents. Even if you don't approve of their parenting techniques, it's important to build that trust, build that communication, build that rapport with parents, and they'll trust you to do what's best for their child. Number 12, help other colleagues. Don't be on an island. Don't think that you're going to keep all of the good information to yourself. Be willing to be a team player. Number 13, when it's your turn, don't be scared to ask for help. Always go find a person out there who is willing to help you and who has the knowledge to help you and ask. Because if you don't ask, they don't think that you need help. So make sure that you're out there asking. Number 14, don't give your students zeros. If you need to give them a low grade for whatever reason, if you need to flunk them for whatever reason, um, give them a 50 or a 60 don't give them a zero because when you average a zero with the hundred that they might get the next time, that's still a 50 average. And it's so hard to come back from a zero. So if you feel the need to flunk them for whatever reason, and it's not on their IEP not to do so, or they just didn't turn in a paper altogether, please don't give them a zero. Number 15, don't baby students. You are not the parent, you are, you are the teacher, and it is your job to care about your students, but it is not your job to baby them. We want them to be as independent as possible. And so when you baby them, when you talk to them, like they're a baby, when you um, encourage that those behaviors, that's just helping them, or that's just hindering them from becoming as independent as they can be. Number 16, routines, 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 procedures, procedures, procedures. These are a must in special education. Number 17, don't be so quick to help your students. I did tell you to help other teachers and that's great, but don't be so quick to help your students. Let them struggle. It's okay if they struggle a little bit. It's okay for them to develop skills to try to figure things out on their own. We want to encourage that we want them to learn to become more independent. So when you rush in to help them figure it out, you're telling them that they don't know how to do it. They don't that they're not good enough that they're not smart enough. So let them struggle. And then and then slowly guide scaffold their learning so that you can help them be successful, but you're not just jumping in and doing it for them. This even goes for like opening packages of chips or um, a wrapper of some sort. Let them struggle. Let them try to use their fine motor skills to figure out how to get it open without you doing it for them. Number 18, don't ever judge a child by another teacher's opinions. Number 19, have thick skin. Now, I know this one comes with age because I used to be very... Um, soft, I guess. And I would let the words of others and um, the opinions of others really affect me. I don't do that anymore. I don't care what other people think about me. I have thick skin. I know that what I'm doing for my students and my teachers is what's best. And everything else just kind of rolls off. Number 20, don't be scared to just teach. Use whatever resources you have. Don't think that you have to have the best of the best to be able to teach. You don't have to have that set of activities in Lakeshore Magazine to be a good teacher. You can use whatever resources you have in order to teach a skill. So just if, you, if you're in a district that has a lot of money and can provide those things, that's great. But if not, use whatever resources you have to teach. A good teacher can teach with anything. Number 21, you can do hard things. This job is hard. You will get through it if you want to get through it. Um, You know, going through tough times makes us tougher people. And I know that um, we're some of the the most scrappiest of teachers and we, we can do hard things. We can shoulder a lot of stuff. So just always keep that in mind. Number 22, You don't have to read the IEP word for word whenever you are presenting it to parents. In fact, please don't do that. Instead, summarize each section, go through the most important pieces and summarize the rest. You don't have to read it word for word. I did not know this when I was a first year teacher. I thought I had to read the entire document word for word. And when they're 15, 20 page documents, that makes for a very long meeting. So learn the skill of summarizing. Number 23, patience isn't just a virtue, it's a necessity in this field. Number 24, train your staff. Don't assume that they know the why behind the things that you do. Number 25, celebrate little successes. The big successes come few and far between in this field. So make sure that you are celebrating with your students, with your staff, all of those little bits of progress that they're making. Number 26, quit using the words, I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize for every single thing that that goes wrong. Everybody makes mistakes. So, you know, if, if you If you do something wrong to someone, that's fine to say, I'm sorry. But if you just make a little mistake, you don't need to apologize. Just say, say, oh, I made a mistake. I'll do better next time. Number 27, learn to pick your battles. Whether it's dealing with student behaviors, parents, colleagues, administration, sometimes it's just not worth the effort to fight it. Not everything has to be a big ordeal. And if you try to take it all on, probably in the wrong field because there's going to be a lot that goes wrong on a daily basis. So focus on what goes right and then just move on. Number 28, everything is figure outable. Be patient, be willing to learn when especially when you're working with a computer system, you can figure it out, just play around with it and ask questions. Don't give up and don't get stressed out about it. Everything is figure outable. Number 29, your paras are priceless. If you treat your staff with all the respect, all the kindness and support they deserve, they're going to work for you. They're going to do anything for you and they will follow your lead and they'll have your back. Number 30, I've learned that I, I had to learn that I'm not always the person who can get a child to do something. Often I have to just sit back and let a para or another teacher, or even an administrator take over, and that's okay. Your job is to help the children learn and become independent. It's not to be the child whisperer. You are not the only human on the face of the earth who can teach a child. So get over yourself. You don't have to try to step in to solve every problem for a kid. Number 31, stay on schedule when one person gets off on a tight special education schedule, it puts everyone and everything else off schedule. Number 32, practice what you preach. If you say something, do it. If you expect your paras to, to do something, then you need to be willing to do it as well. Number 33, stay out of the lounge, or at least don't interact much when you are in there. Other teachers might use that area to chit chat with each other, and when they see a special educator, They often feel the need to talk about a student that they are having trouble with or who is needing something. And that makes breaking confidentiality very easy to do. It is also a breeding ground for unnecessary gossip about others. So just stay away as much as you can. Number 34, be reflective. Ask yourself every single day, what went well? What went wrong? What could I do better? Get all of those emotions and craziness out of your head and either onto paper or just speak it into the air so that it doesn't overwhelm you and make you stressed out. Number 35, follow the rules. If a principle makes a rule, just follow it. 36, if you are given a suggestion on how to improve, take it, implement it, and move on. It's not worth the battle of, why do we have to do it this way? Or, my way is better. If, if someone's giving you a suggestion for improvement, it's usually for a reason. Number 37, there's always more to the story when administrators are involved. Often your admin will make decisions based on things that are coming down from the top. You might not always know the reason behind those decisions, and it's probably not something that your administrator can share with you anyway. So just know that there's always more to the story and don't judge your principal when they don't when you don't feel that they are giving you the whole story. Number 38, use a spell checker. You want to look professional in front of colleagues and parents. And I know bad spelling doesn't make you a bad teacher, but it does make you look unprofessional. There are so many tools that are out there to help you. Even if you just have your phone open and while you're typing and you say, hey, Siri, how do you spell accommodations? And she'll tell you and you don't even have to take your eyes off the screen. Number 39, smile more, especially to your students. I know that I struggle with this one. I'm almost always happy, but I don't always show it on my face. But your students internalize that and they interpret that as something different. So make sure that you're smiling to your students as much as possible. Number 40, don't be afraid to teach your students manners. Teach your students to open doors for others, to wait their turn, to say excuse me and thank you someone may not be teaching these things at home. Number 41, you are going to teach more than just the goals on an IEP. I know it took me a little bit (laughs) in my career to learn this, but you're going to be teaching them all sorts of skills, not just the ones that are listed on an IEP. If we listed all of the skills on an IEP that the student needed to learn, our IEPs would be hundreds of pages long. You have to focus on one or two and then incorporate all of the rest of that within your teaching. You don't have to just teach the goals. Number 42, make it a point to get along with the general education teachers. Your life will be so much easier when you are all on the same page and getting along. Number 43, be happy for other people's success. Number 44, send home positive notes to parents before you ever send home a negative one. If you can get started on the right foot with a parent and they know that you are there for their child, you know that that you, you see the potential in their child, then they're going to be more receptive whenever you do have to have a negative conversation. Number 45, be the teacher that you wish your child, your niece, your nephew, your grandchild had. If you wouldn't want someone treating your family a certain way, then don't treat another child that way. Number 46, be on time to school. It's okay to be late. On occasion, we all have things that happen that could potentially make us late, but don't make it a habit. It's a very bad look. Number 47, be open to constructive criticism. It's okay to say, I don't know. One of my favorite quotes is, if you are not willing to learn, no one can help you if you're willing to learn, no one can stop you. It goes back to being a lifelong learner that I mentioned earlier, but it's more about always thinking that you know everything. It's okay to say, I don't know how to do that yet. Be open to learning from others. Number 48, teach with integrity. Integrity is what you do when no one's watching. It's doing the right thing all the time, not just when someone else walks into your classroom. If you are changing what you're doing once an administrator or another person comes into the room, then you are not teaching with integrity. Number 49, listen more than you talk. With adults, with students, with bosses, with staff, you don't always have to be the smartest person in the room. You can learn a lot from other people. And number 50, lastly, just be a good human. So there you have it. My 50 tips for being a good special education teacher. And really, most of those are just how to be a good human overall. I could have rattled on about each one of these for a while. But hopefully by providing you with some insight into the lessons I've learned throughout my career, you'll be able to take these lessons and make some positive changes within your career as well. Go out and have an amazing day and I'll catch you on the next episode. If you liked what you heard today and realized you found your sped soulmate, Please subscribe and then head over to spadprepacademy.com slash podcast to check out the show notes and sign up to be notified each time a new episode airs. Go out and have an amazing day and I'll catch you on the next episode.